Welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters. Um, we are talking this week about women. We're talking about women of the Bible, and mm-hmm. we're going to spend, yeah, woohoo! <laughs> um, we are going to spend the first two days talking about the Samaritan woman. The second day, we're going to talk about the woman caught in adultery. And the third day, we are going to talk about the woman with the hemorrhage. So we are talking about many, many womanly things Mm -hmm. this week right yep Yep. (laughs) attitudes and women issues and all kinds of things so that's kind of where we are and where jesus fits into all of that oh yeah let's put jesus in that too yeah 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 we'll we'll let we'll let jesus come on in um Today, we're going to start out, um, like I said, about the Samaritan woman, and we are going to read in John um, chapter 4, and the whole entire passage is from um, John 4, 1 through 18, but that's a lot, and so we're just going to um, shorten that for our discussion today. So, Terry, do you want to start us out with that? Mm-hmm. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. She replied, Jesus said to her, you are right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Okay, so let's get a little bit of context here, a little bit of what's going on, a little bit of background. So Jesus and the disciples have been in Judea, and they have been baptizing people all over the place. And the Pharisees found out, and the Pharisees are not happy about this. Um, If you were with us for Mary and Martha last week, we talked a little bit about how there was a lot of power struggle and... Um, how the followers of Jesus obviously were not following. They were not believing that the um, that Caesar or whoever was over them was the God that 
culturally they were. So they're saying now like, this is the real God and he has power and he's making a difference in these people's lives. And so those that were in the earthly power realm um, were not happy about Jesus and the stir he was making. So the Pharisees find out that all these people are starting to follow Jesus, that they're being baptized. And so they pop smoke. They're like, we're going to go somewhere else for a while. <laughs> wow. I thought you said they pot smoke. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they got out of Dodge. How about there that? There you go. That's there making go. sense yeah. too. <laughs> so they're traveling from Judea and they're going to go to Gal- um, Gal- Galilee. I don't know why I cannot say that this morning. I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, so right in the middle is Samaria which is where they find the Samaritan woman. Imagine that. The Samaritan woman in Samaria. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Samaritans and the Jews did not care for one another. Yeah, there uh, was a history there. Yeah. yeah. Right. And remember that Jesus is a Jew. Right. So. Do you want to chat that a little bit right now or? Yeah. Yeah. We can just, uh, we can kind of touch on that just lightly so that we have some context about that. So just, just going back, I think this was 723 BC, Assyria destroys Israel, right? And so Israel was split into two kingdoms. There's the North Kingdom and then there's the Southern Kingdom. Let's talk North. And this is where, this is, um, they were called Israel. They were relocated in a land called Samaria. They would worship at Mount Gerizim. They only believed the first five books of Scripture. They didn't believe the prophets um, and judges and stuff like that. Um, So, and these are the people that are known as the Samaritans. They make up, you know, some of the people as Samaritans. What happened is Assyria brought a whole bunch of cultures in there and put them all together and mixed them all together. So the Jews who were taken at that time, first, probably one of the reasons they were taken is they weren't really connected with God, but then they were amongst all these other cultures and they um, didn't even have a sense of who their God was. The Assyrian king goes, okay, let's give you a priest. We'll t- teach you how to do it. And they still rejected God. So, but they knew about him because of the first five books. So the other Jews who were in the Southern kingdom they considered the North to be corrupt. It was a corrupted form of Judaism. And it's interesting because it's pretty dangerous. Let me just talk the South one really close. They were in the land of Judah. They worshiped at Jerusalem. Um, they believed the five books, the Pentateuch, the same way. But then they also brought in the judges and I know there's something else, the prophets. Prophets. Yeah. And um, they they had a, a more pure form of Judaism, a more pure form of worship. And Jesus was a Jew, like you were saying, Suzanne. So these are how the two kingdoms were split. So the thing that was interesting to me about Samaria is that they did stay away. They put up a good, a big boundary that way. And part of that is how slippery could it be to be with like, someone of your own faith that knows your own faith, knows your own words, and then goes shoot and offline a little bit and, and just totally misses it. Um, I think sometimes we'll see that when we see Christians who are 
they go, yep, this is right, this is right, this is right, but I have to do this, 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 and this. It's not about Jesus. It's not about trusting him. It's not about believing him. It's not about his word. It's just, um, and then somehow it twists, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even think of a way that it would twist right now, but where it becomes all about them as opposed to Jesus. And it's very subtle. It's very slippery. And we have to make, we have to be careful as Christians in our connections with these people that we don't start slipping over there too. So I kind of get why they had that, hey, we have to keep it very separate. The hatred part makes it really tough though. Mm-hmm. And this is what I think Jesus was coming against. We don't need to hate people. We need to come in with eyes open, which is exactly what he did. And anyway, I feel like I'm a little bit on a soapbox and I don't mean to be, but it, it, <laughs> it, I think this is one of the things that Jesus takes down in this story is that hatred. Mm-hmm. We can certainly love people who are different, have different opinions, different things, but we need to be really careful about who we are in our religion and who, mm-hmm. you know, what Jesus says. So Right. Well, he crosses that cultural barrier, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, big time. He's sitting there at the well. His disciples have gone into town to get food because they've been traveling. So he's sitting there by himself at the well. This Samaritan woman comes and he says, hey, can I have some of your water? And she's like, listen, this is not how it works, buddy. <laughs> yeah, she broke, he broke another barrier that right there too. The male-female right. barrier. Yeah, yeah, Judas, Samaritan, and yeah. Right. And he um, and rabbis during this time... Um, did not speak to women in public, not even their spouse. They wouldn't even talk to their wife in public. So for this Jewish man to publicly address this Samaritan woman, one, and then to say, hey, can I have some water from your cup? That's a huge thing because, you know, you don't want to share Samaritan cooties. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) all Samaritan women were considered unclean to the Jewish people. So you don't drink or take food or anything from an unclean person. So yeah, that's another huge line that he crossed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's kind of, I, I think that really speaks to like being careful about the way you're worshiping, <clears throat> excuse me, being careful about the way you're worshiping versus being connected to the people. You know, I, I think he, um, yeah, anyway, he did a good job <laughs> with that. Imagine that. Jesus did a good job. Oh <laughs> yeah. If well, we could only live out that example a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I he just says, don't worry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you had any idea what you're really asking for, what I'm really asking for, it'd be fine. Yeah. And then he offers her living water. And, excuse me, I did a little research on that. You know, what's a big deal? What's this living water? So it's kind of like the difference between a cistern and a well. A cistern is just anything. It could be a barrel. It could be a hole that they dug. um, And it collected rain. But the rain, it just sat there. It didn't, uh, it was kind of stagnant and... The well always was uh, spring-fed. So Mm -hmm. the water coming into a well from underground was 
cold and sweet and fresh and pure and very life-giving. Stagnant water, not so much. I mean, maybe you could use it to water the crops or something. You wouldn't want to drink it. Um, And so to get that living water, that fresh, life-giving water is what he's offering her. His, His living water that gives her eternity. Life, eternal life. I like that. Do you think she got it? Do you think she was like, oh, I understand what you're talking about? Not at first. Not yet. No, not yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. I think he engages with her when he asks something of her. Mm-hmm. He kind of unsettles her a little bit. He does something different that she's not expecting when he asked her for a drink. And then when she responds to that, he says, well, if you knew who I what really was, you would ask me for something. Mm-hmm. So I think he... I love how he pulls her in by um, needing something from her too. This is a, an, a relationship he's, he's building. It's not, you know, he's asking something of her and he's willing to give something back to her. So it's a two-way street. It's not just a one-sided thing. Um, so I think right from the beginning, he's establishing that he, he's a relational person. He's interested in a relationship. Um, not just an act of service or not just obedience from her to give him a glass of a drink of water, but he's saying, you know, you give me something and I've got something for you too. And that's pretty risky. She's had five husbands. She's probably doesn't get much relationship in the village. Yeah. And someone being kind, not wanting something um, more than just a glass of water from her, a cup of water. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to keep coming back because she is, um, she's there at noon during the middle of the day. She's not accepted among the other women who usually come at first light. So when it's cool, because uh, they have to walk with their water and she's not acceptable to them. And she has to come during the middle of the day when it's hot and there's no one else around to get the water. And she's like, yes, give me this water so that I'll never thirst. So I can quit coming here to this place and being so humiliated every day. And, and she responded when he said, um, you have no husband. Or, or I'm sorry, you go get your husband. And she said, I have no husband. She responded impartial. She didn't tell him her whole life story, which is something all of us won't do. I mean, we won't, wouldn't necessarily have done that. But the fact that Jesus knew it and still loved her, still cared about her, still wanted to engage with her, that's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't condemn her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Like so many people probably would have um, shunned her or rejected her in a lot of ways, Jesus is like, you know, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five. (laughs) And the man that you're with right now isn't your husband either. not your husband, yeah. But I still am offering this to you. So he's Mm -hmm. like, I know you. I know you. I know who you are. I know what you've done. But that's okay. I'm still accepting you. And he doesn't, he's not ugly to her. He just calls her out in plain, significant truth and then moves on from the the situation. So I think about that with us when we approach Jesus. And it's like, we might just want to tell him the the one part of the situation that was going on. Now, quite frankly, God knows the whole part. But if we're talking to Jesus about it, and he's like, um, and we only want to tell him this one little piece. And he already knows the full piece. 
right? And so we are saying we'll have a relationship with you based on just this little teeny bit that we know. But Jesus is coming and going, oh, let's get very clear. We're going to have a relationship on everything that I know. We're going to lay all of this out. And then you're going to experience my unrelenting love towards you. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep pressing into you. And I'm going to keep offering the living water. And I'm going to keep talking to you about how you can have more than what's going on right here. And that it's not about this. God does that with us too. When we want to just tell him this thing, like, like Joe, he said something mean to me. It's like, yeah, well, you were saying something pretty mean to him too. I didn't tell Jesus that part, but it's like, as you start engaging Jesus, he starts telling you the whole story and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that, that's right. That did happen too. And then this love comes in this profound love for you. And to know that we're not, Jesus isn't beyond our story. He's in it with us. He knows the whole story. And he's still loving and he's still engaging. I, there, there's a quote in here that was, um, I think it was Max Lucado. She, she must have wondered if the kindness, oh, I'm sorry. Um, this is Margaret Hess. The woman would gladly have added her life to whatever Jesus was offering. Lots of people today would add Jesus to their lives, but don't want to change. And the thing is, is Jesus knew the woman needed to change her present life. He wanted to reach her conscience, right? So sometimes we keep Jesus at a distance. We kind of keep him out there, but Jesus unrelentingly goes right in to the real story. And like you said, not meanly. No. Not angrily, not harsh. Lovingly. But just kind and loving. You know what? No, that's right. You know how you um, give someone a little affirmation, you know, and you affirm the good points. Okay, but here's something we do need to work on. And he gets to the heart of the matter. So um, she's probably was so worried that he was going to reject her just like everyone else. If he knew who she really was, he wouldn't even be saying this. And then he does. He springs it on her. Oh, I know. I know all about you. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's talk. Let's chat. Let's get, get to the heart of the matter. Don't we think the same thing with Jesus when we've done something? Mm-hmm. We think the same thing. Like he would, could never love us like this. He could, oh man. And so we kind of protect that little piece. And Jesus brings out mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. with love. Very mm-hmm. intentional, very compassionate. Yeah. A lot of times people think they have to clean up before yes. they can come to Jesus. Right. And I think this is a great story that Jesus meets us right where we are. And then he's the one who brings new life. He's the one who brings living water. He's the one that cleans us up and, and gives us a hope and a future. Um, so I, I, but I, I do think that sometimes we, you know, people hesitate because they just can't believe that he really will take them, that he loves them just the way they are. Um, and so they, they hold back. But this well, woman, I love her boldness too. She engaged in a conversation with him. She did. Oh, yeah. She kind of figured, hey, this guy, he's got something, um, something that I want, something that will change my life. I think there's a recognition in her spirit uh-huh. that he's someone very special. Well, and I love that she kind of calls him out because she says, like, um, I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. Like, this isn't how it works. You know, (laughs) she starts out that way. And then she says, um, 
you don't have anything that you can get this water in. And she's like, are you better than Jacob? Like, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. You know, this is like our, this is our founding father (laughs) and he's who we all go back to. So like, do you think you're better than him? What's the deal? And she's not afraid to, to question. She's not afraid to really get down to the heart of what it is. Mm -hmm. And Jesus could very, he would have been well within his rights socially to be done to, you know, just walk away or even to make things bad for her because she's engaging and she's questioning. And, um, but at the same time, he's like, no, this is, this is who I am. And I've got something way better for you. Mm-hmm. So on our next episode, we'll go a little further in depth here and we'll see how this whole conversation um, pivots this woman's life. So I'll go ahead and pray for us as we end up today. Jesus, thank you for coming down to the world that we live in, um, for giving up the seat next to your father to come here um, as a little baby and live in this ugly world and to engage with us, God, to have the conversations, to challenge us to invite us in and just to love us, Lord, to love us where we are, to love us no matter how messy we are, no matter how messy life looks at the moment, um, or no matter how far away and questioning we are. um, You just bring us in and you sit with us and you have that conversation and you have that dialogue, Lord, and you just reveal yourself yourself to us. gently and sweetly and over time, God. And I thank you for the fact that you were willing to do that. Um, The impact that it's had on my life, the impact that it has on the world today, Lord. And I just pray that we would be examples of that ministry of presence, Lord, where you sit. Um, I pray that we would know when to sit, when to question, when to dialogue, when to listen, Lord. Um, And that you would just... Um, invite those opportunities for us, Lord, and that we would take those opportunities. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>